You get in my way, I'ma feed you to the monster. I'm normal during the day, but at night turn to a monster. When the moon shines like ice world truckers, I look like a villain out of those blockbusters. So what will be the next steps for the United States and Ukraine? What are the next steps for Russia? Are we about to see invasion? And what in the world is this lawsuit? I got to tell you, I have not been paying much attention to what's going on with Madison Cawthorn. 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 I can't even say it right. Tony Katz. See, I can say that right. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. There's a group of voters filing a legal challenge to disqualify Representative Cawthorn from running from a second term because they argue his involvement in a rally preceding the January, tw- uh, January 6, 2021 riot constitutionally bars him from waging another campaign. And I, I knew the basics of the, of the lawsuit. And then I see a statement from Congressman Jim Banks' office, the Indiana 3rd. Representative Banks reacts to frivolous attempt to ban him from office seems like the same lawsuit. Congressman Jim Banks joins us right now from the Indiana 3rd. Sir, it's good to have you here. I do want to get into a conversation about Ukraine uh, and and Russia. I know these are things that you pay attention to uh, very carefully from your time, of course, uh, in in, in the military uh, itself and then the committees that you serve on, including um, uh, the House Committee on Armed Services. But let's start uh, with the basics. Um, You... Had a couple of questions about the election. You stated your concern through a legal means, and now they've determined you're not allowed to run for re-election. What is this lawsuit? How are you responding? Well, Tony, good to be with you. I'm pretty sure we're going to see this occur a lot more around the country directed at those of us who voted to object on January 6th. Uh, in this case, Madison Cawthorn first. The challenge was filed against me yesterday. I had to retain and hire an attorney to go up here before the Indiana Election Board next Friday is the hearing where where those who have filed a complaint go and make their case that because I voted to object, by the way, I will never apologize for casting casting that vote because I, I believe strongly to this day that the way these states conducted their elections in 2020 was unconstitutional without, by, by changing their election laws without the approval of state legislature. So I'll never I'll never apologize for that. But but never mind that dozens of Democrats who still serve in Congress today also objected uh, on similar grounds or other grounds uh, in the in the in the 2016 election, the uh, 2004 election and 2000. Uh, Now they're now they're using that that uh, vote that I cast. But by the way, when I went down to the floor on January 6th, I had I had to vote to object or to certify. I mean, that that's my job. I go to the floor. I represent my district. My district spoke loud and clear that they agreed, as I did as well, that the elections were not conducted in a constitutional manner. Now they're trying to take my name off the ballot because of it. So I I, I, I was going to ask you, is, is it something that, that you regret? And clearly uh, the, the answer there is no, uh, that, that you don't. Um, do you see these as nuisance suits, or, or sometimes you, you'll see lawsuits that are referred to as slap lawsuits, right? Strategic lawsuit against public uh, participation. You mentioned people like Jamie Raskin, uh, the representative who was absolutely opposed uh, to election results in 2017 and then was an impeachment manager in 2020. Is this a nuisance suit? Is there a response that you will make legally? 
Well, it's a good comparison. It's not technically a lawsuit. It's a election board challenge to my candidacy. And any voter in Indiana can file that complaint. So that triggers the process of a hearing at the Indiana Election Board, which will, will occur, as I said, next Friday, where we will have counsel there to make the case. I mean, the, the, the case that they're making is that because I voted not to certify the Electoral College votes uh, for the for the states of Arizona and Pennsylvania, that I that I violated the 14th Amendment and therefore should be ineligible for office is exactly the same thing that my friend Madison Cawthorn is facing in North Carolina. And I imagine we're going to see occur more around the country, too. So a nuisance lawsuit, I'm not sure that because it's not technically a lawsuit, I'm not sure we can make that case. But it certainly is a good comparison. Is there anything that could happen at this at this hearing, right? Not not a lawsuit. It, it's a hearing that has you concerned. I mean, look, a challenge is a challenge is a challenge is a challenge. You, you made your challenges. They're making their challenges. Uh, the political wheels keep spinning. But are you in any way concerned about this? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned. I mean, it's, so, it's absurd. It's outrageous. We'll go and make our case. The Indiana Election Board is made up of four individuals, two Republicans, and two Democrats. I'll be shocked if it's not a four, uh, four to zero a decision to dismiss it outright. But even if it's a party line vote, again, this is a this is an orchestrated effort by Democrats to get Republicans off the ballot. I remember all the talk about stolen elections and attacks on democracy. I mean, come on, this is what the Democrats are doing by trying to take my name off the ballot. They know they can't beat me in the third district, so they're going to challenge my candidacy by making false claims like they have. Uh, it's absurd. I can't, I, I can't, I, I ne- never in my wildest dreams would I imagine that a, a challenge like this would go through, but we will have counsel there, be prepared and fight, fight back with everything that we've got. I think it's rather telling, right? Uh, a challenge uh, to, to, to democracy and they're going to argue, well, you challenged election results. We're allowed to challenge whether or not you're uh, even capable of, of being elected. I find it interesting that both people went about utilizing these legal means, which would prove that legal means are allowed, which nullifies their arguments. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, that is Northeastern Indiana. Now let's move it over to what we're seeing. You have President Biden today making uh, the warning, uh, telling U.S. citizens to leave Ukraine immediately amid what is referred to as, quote unquote, troubling signs of Russian escalation. But the troubling signs of Russian escalation have been going on for a month now. What are you seeing now that you didn't see a week ago? Are we expecting Russia to roll in to Ukraine? Is there a thought of how much they're trying to take? And are the Ukrainian people ready to fight back? Yeah, all of the reported public intelligence uh, that is out there, Tony, it's not it it shows that it's not a question of if Russia will invade Ukraine. It's a matter of when, whether that will happen during the Olympics, right after the Olympics. Um, That's that's the question. At this point, it's clear that Putin Any of our adversaries on the world stage do not take President Joe Biden seriously. He's the weakest leader in generations that this country has ever had. And they they smell the opportunity. They know that they can invade Ukraine and not be punished for it because the president of the United States is not willing to stand up and and fight back against them in any meaningful way. The, The first thing that Joe Biden did when he became president was lift 
the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And that, that, that moment of weakness projected to Putin that they can get away with a lot here. Donald Trump gave Ukraine lethal uh, weapons. I, I visited Ukraine during the Trump uh, uh, era, the Trump term, and met with, with Ukrainian troops on the ground who we were supplying these weapons with. They were being trained by our troops to fight back if there was an invasion by Russia. I can't answer your question of whether they're ready for it. I can tell you that the Biden administration is evacuating all Americans from Ukraine, and we're, we're, we're continuing to project a posture of weakness and not, not of seriousness. If we were serious, we would reinstate sanctions, hit them where it hurts, and uh, that would deter them. But this administration is not at all, has not done anything at all to deter Russia. Instead, they've done just the opposite. So the whole idea of, of deterrence is, being, is saying we're going to call a bluff. Right. They say they're going to invade. We say we'll see about that. Then you engage a, a force or a massive force that is equivalent or, or at least in their view equivalent to see if they indeed say, well, if, if we just had this, we wouldn't do it. But now let's go a step further, uh, because I'm not quite sure that deterrence will work uh, in in watching how uh, President Biden hand, handled Afghanistan and just watching what's happening with our military and, and, a, and a level of wokeness. I don't think there's a fear of our military like there used to be, and I think that's a massive problem, but that isn't the question I ask right now. The question now is, why is Putin even doing it? People, take us back to the extent that you can, sir. Why is Vladimir Putin interested in for for lack of better words, seizing the eastern half of an entire country. Yeah, I mean, this is it's a great question, Tony. I mean, this is part of his designs of restoring the Soviet Union and the vast empire of the Soviet Union that he believes that Gorbachev and others in that era were were weak and uh, and diminished the role of of Russia and the Soviet Union. So he wants to restore it. And you're exactly right, by the way, about. The question of deterrence, it, it might be too late to deter. And, and that, that's what's deeply troubling about having such a weak leader on the world stage. He just didn't, President Biden just announced that he's sending Vice President Harris to Europe to diminish uh, tensions and, and work this out. I mean, look at how much of a failure she's been at working out the mess and the catastrophe at the southern border. If, if that's his idea of deterrence, then uh, we obviously know that's going to fail. The only way here to succeed is to hit them where it hurts. I do not support going to war over Ukraine's border. At the same time, we have an open border of our own. But if you want to hit Russia where it hurts and back them off, then you sanction you sanction them, you sanction the oligarchs that are all around uh, uh, Putin, and, and you, you make it you make it hurt. And that, that's that's the way to do it. Restore the restore the the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, that that hurt, that hurts where it counts. That's the only way to back them off. And this administration is not going to do that. Well, that's and that's just it. You, we, 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 it becomes a rather problematic, confusing thing talking to Con- Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. He serves on the Armed Services Committee. We take 2,000 troops and we mobilize. We move 1,000 troops from within uh, uh, Europe to, to be at the ready. That's 3,000 troops. As far as I know, they're there, right? We do have 3,000 troops that are dedicated to this proposition of Russian invasion of Ukraine, correct? No, we, have, we have troops uh, in Europe who are, are, are there for that purpose. Uh, you have NATO who's completely failed in this scenario. We need to rebuild some kind of a different type of 
alliance or coalition with allies who actually stand with America and American interests and freedom around the world. I mean, Germany has completely failed uh, at this point. I mean, they've, they've chosen Russian interests over America's interests. This is what the, this is what the, the comparison here is so stark between tr- the Trump foreign policy, which the world was so much safer uh, in that peace through – Trump echoed Reagan-era peace through strength and deterred our, our, uh, our adversaries, while Biden uh, projects weakness and appeasement and invites our adversaries to act. Last week, the Democrats just passed this fake uh, uh, China uh, – uh, China, they called it the China Competes Bill that had more to do with Green New Deal and equity and left wing uh, 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 agenda items like that. What does that tell Putin when he sees Democrats, Biden and Congress pass bills that bend over to China? It tells Putin that we're going to do the same thing to him. And, and he knows it as well as anybody. And that's why he's acting and now. All of this brings us to the place of if the take is we aren't a, a deterrent. That 3,000 troops is not a deterrent. That Germany really has no interest in stopping Ukraine because of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and their ability to get cheaper energy, which is going to enrich the Russians to the tunes of billions of dollars. Does this say to you uh, that uh, the era of uh, American... um, American might or American dominance is over? Or does this signal to you that, never mind winning elections, there needs to be a shift in who our allies are? As starting with in Europe, uh, perhaps our, our allies need to be rethought of as Poland and, and others like them and not those who aren't interested in a free and prosperous Poland or a free yeah, and prosperous Tony, Europe. Yeah, yeah, Tony, we're seeing the decline of America right before our eyes, not just at home, but around the world. You're, you're exactly right. It's deeply sickening and, and troubling to me. And with Joe Biden at the helm, it's not going to change. It's going to be this way for another three years until he vacates the White House and put a strong leader who project American greatness around the globe. Remember that America is morally superior to every other country in the world. But at the same time, on these guys' watch, that 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 uh, standing is diminishing as we see our country uh, decline in such a drastic way. So at the same time, we need to rebuild. We need to build alliances that matter. American uh, 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 allies coming uh, allies with America, with our common interests, come together. And that's, I, I I believe that has to look something that's a lot, like something that's a lot different than what we have with our current NATO alliances. I'm going to Munich next week for the Munich Security Council. This will be the hot topic uh, while we're there, actually. So I'll, I'll have a lot more to say when I get back as I hear from what a lot of other the other world leaders have to say uh, after I get back from that that important conference. Congressman Jim Banks from the Indiana 3rd District. I appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to speaking to you uh, after you get back from the conference. Safe travels and uh, all the best with the things you have to deal with to make sure you're on the ballot. Jim Banks, banks banks.house.gov. You can check it out for yourself. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.